Welcome to the Only Dream Big podcast, starring your host, Donnie Bedney. Only Dream Big is a podcast where Donnie will share tips and experiences on different topics, such as acquisition entrepreneurship, human capital, and the future of the workforce. He is the president of PSP Metrics and has been in the assessment and human capital management industry for more than 15 years, with the goal of driving change through people. As your guide on dreaming big, let's hear from the man himself. Welcome back, everyone, to the Only Dream Big Pod. I am your host, Donnie Bedney, uh, and back again with you. Super, super excited for my guest today, uh, Camille and Yvette. Welcome to the pod. Hey, you. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, as we were talking about a little bit in kind of our pre-brief, you know, I've just been really, really excited to have both of you on. Um, And not only do I consider you all pioneers for, you know, kind of everything that you're building, uh, but you are a pioneer, at least for, um, you know, this platform and show uh, where you are the first uh, folks to come on at the same time. And so literally, uh, we've had a couple of partners that, you know, just from a time perspective, haven't been able to get on with uh, their co-founder or partner uh, in things. So I'm just excited to have both of you on, uh, you know, today. Let's hop right in. Um, You know, obviously, one, I I have uh, huge admiration for what you all are building, um, you know, as an organization. But you know, do you mind kind of taking us back, right? Um, you know, and, and the answer may be different for both of you, uh, but did you always, you know, or or at what point in your life did it really hit you uh, that maybe you were going to uh, found uh, a company uh, at some point? Or, you know, did you have, you know, other aspirations uh, in your life? Yvette, you go first. I always go first. <laughs> I like your jersey, by the way. I haven't seen her all day. Good night. Good to meet you here today. Um, no, I never um, thought I would be a founder. It was not in my list of things to do. Um, however, it was, I would say, a good six months after I agreed to be a co-founder that I was like, oh, no, I really think we're we going to do this. See, right, so everything shifted. I was a, I was a little on the late train, <laughs> and I only saw like workforce development. Right, I was very mm. and once I saw the potential in the whole thing, and like really start to understand what it means to found to to really start a company. Right, sure. Um, definitely, I always give it to Camille. She definitely had the foresight and definitely was followed the leader for the first six months. <laughs> and then, you know, really just understanding my weight in this and what I could really contribute to making this happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would say six months after Charter Help started that I really got a grip like, oh, no, it's <laughs> not a thing. This a thing thing. This this a big thing, right? <laughs> OK, Camille. Yeah, I mean, for me, I tell folk all the time, my dad was an entrepreneur. And so I saw firsthand what it meant to like own a business. And like, you know, typically, at least back then, my dad started his company, like things would be really, really good, or they would be like pretty horrible. And so I like stability. (laughs) Never in my entire life, I was like, oh, I'm about to go do this real unstable thing. So no, I did not think I was going to be a founder. Um, However, 
and this actually might be for you too, E, is that over time of being in spaces, I did see that, huh, I could probably do this a little bit differently. Or mm. uh, like this could probably have been done, you know, in a more equitable way and, you know, still mm. make um, I definitely remember, you know, having those instances. And so I think that def definitely played into once we got into it, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah we can do this. Oh, yeah. I think the idea that we can do it was immediate. I think, you know, Camille came from an entrepreneur background. She had saw it. So she had much, much more grit in the area and just kind of a direction. Me, I definitely came from, you know, Camille said she liked the stability. I came from a very stable place. So I was taught to get your paycheck, pay your bills, get to, you know, work for the county, the state, you know, those were the the things that I was kind of raised around get benefits. So the whole entrepreneur, like just get out there and see where it takes you. Like, no. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I do think we have the things, but to see it in a space of entrepreneurship is, is a different lens. Mm. Okay. I mean, that's still, so powerful. And I think, you know, just from the outside in uh, appears to be one of the, one of the amazing things about you all's partnership and probably, um, you know, how you guys connect a little bit more. I'd love to dive into, if you guys can unpack for us a little bit, um, you know, I, I, I'll rephrase kind of what you just referenced, right? But I, I think a lot of folks find um, some sort of security or perceived comfort and perceived security, um, you know, by being a part of, you know, a corporation or, you know, that as you referenced, right? Like, you know, uh, it, uh, probably our parents, grandparents, you know, were, were uh, looking for those pension, you know, type opportunities, right? And so, um, you know, can can you can you talk about, um, you know, some of the benefits? Funny enough, that you've seen outside of that comfort zone, right? Because um, yeah. I think I think that folks, it, it's a little challenging at times while you're in it to necessarily see some of those. But you know, we're we're all about sharing kind of practical and pragmatic things. And so, can you talk about? You know some of the benefits and maybe even um you know your journey for how you or, or lessons learned uh so maybe different perceptions now that you're kind of outside of that box or bubble um you know and, and what you've seen like what is reality versus perception yeah i think the reality is that we have built businesses they just weren't ours mm. we definitely mm. have built mm. programs mm -hmm. systems Camille and I have done that a hundred times over. It, it wasn't mm -hmm. ours. So I think mm. the thing was like learning to bet on yourself, leveraging our expertise by calling it what it was, not mm -hmm. a skill set, not, you know, learning the language of workforce that really adds meat and value to who you are as, as a professional, whether it's an entrepreneur mm. or working for somewhere, right? Really learning how to frame yourself and your, and your skill set to expertise, to, to really, you know, we had mastered things and we were doing yeah. it for different companies. So I just think that, you know, shifting mm. over to do it for yourself, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and figuring out, of course, the resources, the financing, all that stuff. But really, we were doing what we had been doing for other companies. So mm. I, I think coming from a more traditional background, it's not so much do you trust yourself, all that good stuff. It's more about money, right? Resources. Mm. <laughs> I, Mm -hmm. While Camille decided to 
really commit to trying to help a different way when we started. For me, I needed to know where the paycheck was coming from because my particular situation would not allow a space, mm -hmm. you know? And so mm -hmm. founders are in different places. Some founders are in spaces where they could have the space to really build, right? Or at least mm -hmm. three months to get it going. And then some sure. folks have to balance both because it's security. So it's not just security and who you are, it's money. It's actual money sure. and figuring out where you're gonna get paid. And I think that's what our grandparents and parents, that's what they were concerned about. Less about mm -hmm. if you have the things, right? <laughs> More about okay. how to pay your bills. And sometimes in entrepreneurial, in the entrepreneurial world, we get away from those hard facts, right? That you have mm. to live while you're building a business. Mm -hmm. No doubt. Camille? I'm going to say ditto. I mean, she said it all. I have anything else to add. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, and, and, and look, man, we, we, we love talking about, you know, the, the real stuff, right? That, that was, uh, yeah, that, that's going to be a real uh, already, that mm -hmm. dropping gems. We appreciate that. And, and you know, I think that's a real thing, right? It, now, I've said this on the on on the show before, but you know, would be curious if you all are experiencing this same thing, right? So, in a funny way, uh, Yvette, building on on one of the things that you just said, you know, when I think about the expertise that I've built in my career, uh, I, I I describe myself as an individual who has helped organizations drive change through people, right? And I believe that I have a very unique, um, you know, background and kind of amalgamation of you know doing that uh, in various and sundry ways. Um, but, you know, it, in a funny way, people, uh, appears to be a missing link, um, you know, for a lot of, uh, opportunities, uh, these days. Right. And so one of the things that, uh, a number of folks kind of in the investment community have told me, and I've repeated it here, cause I think it's important for us to shed light on it is that, uh, there's no shortage of opportunity. There is no shortage of capital. The biggest gap is people, you know, people with an idea, talented people who are willing to bet on themselves, et cetera. There is so much dry powder, um, you know, for talented people to, to find ways to build, especially when you're looking to solve problems, uh, not only for, you know, the community, but frankly, the world. Um, and and so it, it's is that something that um, you know kind of resonates with you all? Um, you know some of your experience and and frankly, you know that once again just kind of building on what you just shared. You know if we're willing to truly embrace the expertise that we have, um, I found that there's no short once again no shortage of opportunity and no shortage of capital uh, to put behind those things when we're willing to embrace that. Um, don't, don't know if you have some immediate, you know, feedback that, on that. That's really, Camille really, you know, drove the company with that idea. So I'll hand it over to Camille, but the idea that it's people out here, like this is what the basis of the company was, Camille. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's actually interesting. I just came off of my leadership coach meeting and we, you know, we have positions that we need to open up and. Yvette and I, when we first went out, it was that ideal, right? It was this ideal that there are so many folks that are talented that maybe have not been given the opportunity to participate. But mm. I will say that, you know, I do think that some of those ideals that I have, that I had, 
are definitely shifting now that they are more nuanced, you know, because mm-hmm. sometimes just giving someone the opportunity isn't enough. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, sometimes, well, not even sometimes, because of how we've built businesses in the past and how someone may need to be now supported, we don't have the skill sets or the tools for that. Like we're still figuring it out. So, so much of like what I thought before is like, for instance, like myself and like the event, like event recruits across the US builds massive pipelines, you know, create a very impressive um, system for recruiting and finding the right talent. We've never done that before. But not because she can't, just no one never gave her the opportunity to, to do that. I told a vet mm-hmm. that this is what happens when you have CEOs that meet with one another. I met another CEO in New York, you know, we're like chopping it up and we're like, ah, we should train all these people in New York. And you know what? We should do it in two months. And mm-hmm. so both of us, we have co-founders who run our internal. So we both go back. I'm like, okay, you know, we need to train 200 people, you know, mm-hmm. in New York. And like it's gonna get paid for, and like I need it to happen, like you know, by this. And she's just looking at me, and then you know, but then it happens, right? And so I say all that. It's like that's a very special type of person. I and and before I would have just thought like you know everybody just needs opportunity, like but that's mm-hmm. not true because now I also have another person that I'm like I need to accomplish this crazy goal in this amount of time, and they wouldn't know where to start. Mm-hmm. But so I guess I I what I'll sum it up as is just like. I don't think that we've taken enough time to to really figure out how to cultivate the talent of people. And Mm. I think that we sometimes say because it's harder, because we haven't figured it out, that we shouldn't do it. Mm. But from Mm. my experience is that when you do take the time to figure out what is it exactly this person needs to be successful, I think the outcome, you know, definitely goes far past than what you had to put in for. I think that is worth it, right? I honestly think that is worth it. I just don't think that it's easy. I think it's necessary as well, right? It's necessary if we want all, you know, we kind of create sometimes over here, not to see the DEI working in our companies, but when we just Mm. keep right but to make those things true we have to do it differently the old way the regular way we do things don't work clearly we don't have equity clearly diversity is not present right inclusion is not in every system in every company so we have to do things different in order Mm. to get this new workforce that really is inclusive right so we really don't have a choice and that's what we have to get employers and companies to understand is as hard as it is and as difficult as it is, we really don't have a choice but to do things different, but to mm. try out different workforce models. We have to in order to, to hit that goal. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know I, I also want to be cognizant because it, you know, for for anyone who uh is just kind of joining us, you know, it um uh Yvette and Camille have uh just an amazing company, Charger Help. Uh, if we can just shout out the company, because uh, I know we didn't get the time to kind of, you know, go through a full, uh, you know, kind of breakdown of what you all are building and what you're doing. Um, but but I, I those things that you just shared kind of resonate with me. And and that um, just kind of building on what you just, um, I, I think the, the cherry on top of what Camille just shared, 
um, you know, the fact that it's necessary, right? And so, you know, for, for any of us who, uh, you know, any of those who are listening to us, you know, understand that, you know, some of the visions and ideas that you have, while they may be difficult or maybe someone has not done them in the way that you are thinking about doing them, I think it's so powerful that it's necessary uh, where once again, the world is waiting on you um, to come and bring your perspective to attempt to do those hard things. Mm -hmm. And that's the only way that we will truly see uh, change. Um, and, and maybe, uh, it, you know, we can go into uh, for a little bit. Can you all speak about, you know, just the power of intentionality, right? Because I think that, you know, as you, as you think about DEI, right, mm -hmm. I, I just had a conversation at dinner last week, uh, funny enough, where, you know, I was speaking to some folks about uh, who, who have desires to, you know, be uh, at least more diverse, I can't say, you know, more equitable or inclusive, um, you know, but I, I had a head of HR tell me back in college, she said, hey, look, Donnie, when, when I'm going to recruit, um, you know, the top uh, black attorneys, um, you know, I go to Howard, not Harvard, right? Because literally I know when I go there, I'm going to find these people. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's just, it, it was kind of an aha for me to say, you know, man, it's amazing how folks aren't, because they're not coming from that perspective, right? And you all have a very unique background and perspective, which I think adds to the richness of what you're building. Um, can you just speak about how intentional you all have been, even in how you're building your organization and then articulating that value in spaces where folks don't necessarily come from, you know, your background and therefore don't have your worldview? I think for us, we talk about it often. What we do is good business. I hire locally because if I have to charge my customer five hours for them to drive in or I have to pay, I have to charge my customer for an air flight for somebody to do 30 minutes on site, I'm not going to get that much work. And it's also mm. like <laughs> practices of like saving greenhouse gas emissions. So I hire locally because like it makes the most logical sense, right? When I think about us in our equitable wage, I pay a minimum of $30 an hour because I don't want my technicians having a second job because they can't afford to live off of the full-time work that they have and that they're stressed out about bills. When you're a customer-facing person, I need you to be as happy as you can be, at least with the company and what I'm paying you, right? And so I say, and then even with equity, like we allow for our technicians to have equity in the company because at the end of the day, if they don't do their jobs, Charger Help doesn't exist. So I need them to be as bought in as I am bought into them working for Charger Help. Mm. And I say those three things to really point to that as a company, you have to make a decision that this is that it's good business for you to function in a certain type of way. If mm. you think that DEI is just a nice to have or something to have because you want to not be dragged through the mud when somebody does something weird, then to me, like, you're just not, you're not, you're not really truly seeing the purpose of, of, of everything, right? And it goes back to mm. what I said before is that mm -hmm. we function in these ways truly even as a necessity. Because here's the thing, if I don't pay workers well and they have to go on government assistance, so mm. that's still impacting society, right? If I sure. don't my workers well and they have to like 
do other things in order to make ends meet, I'm still going to pay for that. Or if they mm-hmm. quit my job at a resounding weight, that cost doesn't dissipate. You know, mm. it may not be in my upfront hourly wage, but the, that cost is going to come somewhere and it's still going to impact me. So I really try to look at things holistically and say, mm. what is the best business decision for the company? And that's to ensure my workers like working at my company and that they produce a quality product that I can continue to have good business. Mm. Yeah, Strong. I, I think much like every comment with this is a running thing, Camille like brings it in and I can just give you a real world example. We are a tech company, right? Mm-hmm. And at every other tech company, nothing we're doing is brand new. It's mm. just, we have a, we built it with a lens of equity, right? We, mm. we make sure that a diverse population of folks knew the opportunity existed. But really, mm-hmm. a well-paying job, that's a tech company, right? Benefits, equity, that's a tech company. It's mm. just so brand new because of the people that this is now being exposed to and offered mm. that makes it a big deal. But really, this is not new for for certain communities of folks, whether it's the yeah. educated folks, whether you talk about, you know, racial makeup, yeah. socioeconomic, this is not new for everyone. This is very sure. common to get a well-paid job, right? Not be overworked, <laughs> give benefits and equity to a company. It yeah. is new because we are saying that people of color, our LGBTQ+, our diversity and communities now have access mm-hmm. To this is what makes it a big deal, which lets mm. us know that our workforce has some holes in it and the way business is done. Good business is only done with certain communities. It's mm. good business, period. Period. Yep. We have good people, we do good business, and we give good service. I mean, mm. it's, it's not rocket science to Camille and I. It's yeah. just not rocket science because she's been in those environments. She's worked for tech companies. So mm-hmm. she has a clear understanding. She's been in banking. I've been in workforce development. So we have the extremes of how people mm-hmm. are treated and what is necessary based on, unfortunately, racial makeup, you know, background, where you were raised, all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I wish we had more time uh, that we could spend together because, I, I mean, this is so rich. So so hopefully if we can arrange calendars would love you all coming back uh, and, and sharing some more nuggets because just in the short time we've spent together, you guys have been dropping <laughs> dimes, like just over and over, jewels and jewels and jewels. You know, would you mind closing out, you know, at number one, um, you know, just as you think about, you know, any, any final pieces that you want to share with folks as you think about, you know, the, our sub theme, which is driving change through people. And that really has been everything that you all shared. I, I think it's flown perfectly through, but just the importance of, you know, being able to drive change through people, both uh, outside of your company, frankly, and also internally. Um, We'll start with you, because I think Camille kind of touched on some of that as she was uh, speaking previously. Yeah, I I just think the only way to really see it, you know, we talk about in at Charter Help, not just creating pipelines of folks, but actually hiring people, right? That's the difference between driving change, like, right? You actually drive it and then it changes. It needs to actually turn over to something. And the only way mm. we see that is by adding new jobs. Is uh, The only other way is by paying people equitably, right? Making sure people are getting the right benefits, making sure we don't repeat history. And that comes with purpose and that comes with strategic planning. And it has to flow from the top down. If it's real mm. to the company, it has to be real to the founders, to the CEOs, to the decision makers. Mm. The onus is there 
if we want to see real change driven through people. Mm. Mm. People have to actually make the decision. (laughs) (laughs) No doubt. Anything to add to that, Camille? The only thing that I add is just for folks to know that it's like, it's hard. Like I think like sometimes people just think that you could just, there's a silver bullet to this stuff and that it'll just happen. But like these things involve processes and logistics and really problem solving. And it's not mm-hmm. easy, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's not worth it. You just have mm-hmm. to be okay with putting in the work. But to vet what she said earlier, yeah, she's right. The stuff is necessary because at some point, you can only have a, a, you know, a very little workforce until at some point you're like, well, there's all these other people that we should probably <laughs> employ. So at some point you have to figure it out. So why yeah. not figure out, figure it out now? So yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> oh man, I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, where can folks find you? Um, you know, cause we, we'll, we'll definitely leave some links in the show, uh, the show notes and stuff, but where can folks find you? Yeah. Charge your help on all platforms. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. 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 Well, appreciate you all. Uh, thank you so much for, for being our guests. Uh, you know, for everybody else, this has been the only dream big show. You know, we'll see you next week. Thank you. Yeah.